welcome to the Blindfold Chess Podcast. With a birthday tomorrow, this week we will be focusing on Alexandra Botes, the Canadian-American chess player and content creator who has made a significant impact on the online chess community. She was born on September 24, 1995 in Dallas, Texas, to Romanian immigrant parents, then grew up in Vancouver, Canada. Botes started playing chess at the age of six and quickly became one of Canada's top junior players. At the age of eight, she won her first Canadian Children's National Championship. At the age of 12, she played for the National Canadian Team, and she later won four more Canadian Youth National titles. At the age of 15, she moved back to the United States and won the U.S. Girls Nationals Championship. Later, she represented the state of Oregon at the SPF Girls Invitational. The SPF is the Susan Polgar Foundation Invitational Tournament. In 2013, at the age of 18, she earned the Women's FIDE title. All in all, she won five national titles as a teenager. Toward the later part of her college career, she began streaming chess, due in partial part to the chess boom that occurred during the COVID-19 pandemic, Alexander's channel exploded. She had her sister, Andrea, join her. Together, she has amassed a following of 1.2 million followers on Twitch and 1.3 million subscribers on YouTube. The success of the channel has allowed them to collaborate with various other streamers like Hikaru Nakamura or Kiao Zhou, as well as expand beyond playing chess by participating in poker tournaments, being elected to the Susan Polgar Foundation Board of Directors, and being a commentator for the Pro Chess League. In over-the-board play, Botes has achieved a peak FIDE rating of 2,092. While she has not competed in many traditional over-the-board tournaments in recent years, Botes has also had a major impact on the chess community. Her followers helped coin the term the Botes Gambit, referring to when she accidentally lost her queen. The phrase is now used across the chess streaming community. She has also collected several awards as a streamer and commentator, including the 2021 Twitch Streamer Award for the Best Chess Streamer, beating out Hikaru Nakamura and Gotham Chess, as well as winning the Streamer Awards in 2022 and being nominated in 2023. She is also doing what she can to tackle the sexism that is in the chess sphere. She has indicated that 60% of the comments on her stream are trying to flirt with her or comment on her appearance. She has indicated that the Netflix show, The Queen's Gambit, understates the misogyny of the era. Even as late as 1986, Grandmaster Susan Polgar was prevented from competing in the Zonal Tournament to qualify for the World Championship because she was a woman. Overall, Alexandra Botes has made a significant impact on the chess world as both a player and a content creator. Her entertaining and educational streams have helped make chess more accessible and popular amongst a wider audience. In today's game, we are traveling to the Istanbul Olympiad of 2012, where Alexandra Botes faced Marie Pola de May. Now, if we're ready... Let's begin. 1. Pawn to d4 Pawn to d5 2. Pawn to c4 
Pawn to e6. 3. Knight f3. Knight f6. 4. Knight c3. Bishop e7. 5. Bishop f4. Pawn to a6. 6. Pawn to e3. Knight c6. 7. Pawn to a3. What does the move a3 do for white's position? It is a multi-purpose move. For one, it keeps black pieces out of b4, namely the knight on c6 and the bishop on e7, as well as provide support for the b2 to b4 pawn push. Pawn to h6. 8. Pawn to c5. Bishop d7. 9. Bishop d3. Pawn to b6. 10. Pawn to b4. Pawn to g6. 11. Queen c2. Pawn to g5. 12. Bishop g3. Pawn to a5. 13. Pawn to b5. Knight a7. 14. Pawn to c6. Bishop c8. This is such a good position for white, it is hard to put it into words. The black rook on a8 has one legal square. The black knight on a7 has no legal squares without it getting captured. The bishop on c8 has no legal squares without it getting captured. The bishop on e7 has no prospects. The knight on f6 has no prospects. The king is stuck in the middle of the board, and it is not safe to castle on the king's side. And the queen on d8 has no squares it can go to without getting captured. White has single-handedly and systematically shut down every black piece. And now all white needs to do is just increase the pressure a little bit. Fifteen, knight e5. Bishop d6. Sixteen, 
Pawn to a4. Bishop b4. Seventeen, Kingside Castle. Bishop captures c3. Eighteen, Queen captures c3. Knight e4. Nineteen, Bishop captures e4. Pawn d captures e4. Twenty, pawn to f3. Pawn e captures f3. Twenty one, rook captures f3. After rook captures f3, White now gets her rooks into play with the idea of rook a to f1, then every white piece will be in on this party. Pawn to f6. Twenty-two, queen d3. With black's pawn to f6, they are attacking which white piece? That would be the knight on e5. If white is planning on ignoring that hanging piece, what is white's plan? Pawn f captures e5. 23, queen g6 check. King e7. Twenty-four, rook f7 check. King d6. Twenty-five, queen e4. Black resigns. I like this game, as it can show how important it is to tie up your opponent's pieces. White at the end of the game is down material, but every piece is participating in the mating attack on the Black King, compared to Black's pieces, where four of the five are still on their starting squares. It also goes to show how effective Alexandra is at over-the-board chess. So that is all that we have for this week. Tune in next time, where we will continue to work on our blindfold skills and look at another game of The Masters.